a dating and makeover expert where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. I'm sure when you think about a loving relationship, you may crave that closeness and connection with someone special who can be there for you thick and thin, but for some of you, accepting love isn't always easy, and understanding why you may feel unworthy of love is really the first step towards letting go of this toxic thought pattern. And although most people can probably think of a situation where they felt they didn't deserve the love, the praise, or even compliments that others were giving of them, if you frequently find yourself feeling inferior to others or unworthy of love. This is something that should not be shrugged off. It's super important because this keeps showing up in your life over and over again, not just in love. Because I always say what leaks in one area of your life, it oozes into others, right? And unfortunately, there isn't a quick fix to this stuff when it comes to dealing with negative feelings about yourself, especially when they are the result of childhood baggage or toxic past relationships. And it's important to note that the way we were raised contributes to our attachment styles as adults. And that impacts the pattern of relationships we get attracted to. And it all ties into our own feelings of self-worth and what we think we deserve. So for instance, if you had inconsistent love from your primary caregivers, the ability to both love and soothe couldn't be counted on emotionally. So you might now have a more anxious attachment style in relationships. And this can also cause someone to question their worthiness of a secure, loving relationship. Now, conversely, if your parents were emotionally unavailable or made intense love emotions manipulative or coercive, then you might develop an avoidant attachment style to relationships where you grow scared of intense emotional connection and will come up with reasons why you don't deserve it. I worked with a woman, and some of you may know who this is, who dealt with just that. And and she couldn't find love because she didn't think she deserved it. She grew up in a home where she was ridiculed, criticized for everything. And she just kind of carried this mantra of not being good enough. And she developed a limiting belief that she wasn't worthy. And because of that, she would get into relationships where she would never get her needs met with men who treated her poorly. And she had constant thoughts that she was combating, that she was wasn't good enough and found herself accepting crumbs just to try and gain a semblance of validation and attention. And she also developed an anxious attachment style when dating, but then would feel avoidant when she found something solid and consistent. She didn't trust it, right? She was always waiting for the ball to drop. And after doing a ton of work with her and various programs that I offered, and she just, she started shifting and beyond her wildest dreams. And she started to learn how to date differently, increase her self-worth. And because of that, she attracted this great guy into her life. And in fact, you can hear her on a recent episode that I just did of Where Are They Now? And it's Where Are They Now with Meredith. So definitely check it out if you want to be inspired. 
So in learning deeply ingrained thought patterns is an ongoing process that is necessary if you want to start attracting something healthier and different. And with me today, I have an amazing guest who is an expert in helping people be leaders of their own destiny and unlock untapped potential in people. He is an award-winning keynote speaker, business coach, executive coach, corporate trainer, and podcast of the year recipient. What does, what hasn't he done (laughs) except be here on Charisma Quotient? He speaks and coaches at events all over the world. His passion is to elevate businesses and entrepreneurs to achieve their true potential through their training and coaching programs. He has empowered his clients to build epic success in their personal and professional lives. I love that. He is an international best-selling author of You Were Born to Fly, a book written to inspire to give people the high-performance habits and confidence needed to be the leaders of his of their own destiny. And his high energy, and you're going to love his energy, and together we're <laughs> we're really goofy and ability to unlock the untapped potential in people have made him a highly sought out speaker and trainer for top organizations, including the U.S. Air Force. That is so, so cool. So welcome. Give a big round of applause to Daniel Gomez. Woo, I'm going to put on here. Can you put on <laughs> hey, we're going to have a lot of fun today. Thank you for having me on your show, Kimmy. Oh. I'll tell you what. You were making, you were introducing me. I'm thinking like, who is she talking about? <laughs> <laughs> that's you, baby. And I, that's, it's all you, I know it's weird, right? Like hearing your bio, like being played back to you and all your magnificence. But, you know, I, I actually am more curious and we know each other. I mean, um, I was so lucky to be on your podcast and also we're in a mastermind group together, but I don't know your backstory. Like I, I would love to hear how you got into all of this that you do. Wow. Well, you know, just um, let me go back to 1973, you know, <laughs> but <laughs> actually, you know, so many times I love what you said, right? So many times when we're growing up, that's who we are now. Yeah. But at the same token, what we've gone through in life is the preparation for the next season of our lives. And we don't even realize it. Mm. Realize it, right? It's, it's like we're going through basic training for the military. We're going through basic training to become that person that we were born to be. And we don't even realize it, but these, we'll call them jobs or careers. That's where we get our training at. And you don't even realize that the next time it catapults you into entrepreneurship or having your own business. And for me, I remember back in the day, grew up here in San Antonio, you know, we moved around a lot. And as I was listening to you talk about just some belief systems, right? Those patterns that we have. We moved around every two years. We didn't have a home. Mm. I remember my sister and my, my brother would talk about we had a house here for they that my parents actually owned a home. But as far as me, I remember we would move every single year and a half to tears. And then I remember one time my 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 mom's purse was in the back of the truck because back in the day we could be in the back of pickup trucks, and it's like her purse flew over and it was scattered everywhere. But I say this because now I realize with what you said, why I was so much of a worry ward just kind of growing up or they didn't really have that foundation to say. So as I was growing up, I just really didn't know what I wanted to do to say, right? We didn't have a foundation. But then when my mom passed away when I was 10, that was my story at, at 10 years old, moved to go live with my dad. And I think that's where I really 
found my grit not to give up. I just remember not having that relationship where you go to school and then guess what? They say, Hey, Kemi, Hey, Kemi, don't be talking now. Cause if you did, if you do, I had your sister last year, I'm going to go tell her. Right. Uh-huh. I'd be like, I would think like, how cool would it be to have the same sister, the same teacher as your sister, your brother? I didn't have that. So there was a lot of stuff. There was a lot of moving parts. There wasn't a real foundation. And then as I got older, I realized that my, this is where my, where it was negative because I realized that I learned to self-sustain myself and really not depend on anybody. And as I got older, it was like, I don't need them. I've made it this far. That was my mindset for many years. So as I got older, by the grace of God, I started working at this interior landscaping job, started running a, we do, we do with these huge palm trees. That's where I learned sales. Sales was my background. That's where I really learned how to sell. Then when my dad passed away, I went to the automotive industry and that's where I really took off in sales and started running multi-million dollar organizations. But guess what? Same thing, right? Just really driven because I was trying to prove myself to somebody because I didn't have that foundation. Well, little did I know my wife now of 24 years was diagnosed with breast cancer four years ago. And I had to make a decision, Cammy. Was I going to stay working, making a lot of money? Or was I going to honor my vows and love my wife for better or for worse? And she got depressed on me, her decision, not my decision, because I let her make that decision was to have a double mastectomy and she didn't feel beautiful. So that's where my journey started. And that's how I, that was my backstory of how I really got into who Daniel Gomez inspires is. But there was a point where Daniel Gomez was arrogant, cocky, because I had a lot of success in the automotive industry. And I think it was just that kind of like that people were replaceable because I was, I never had that foundation. Now that I'm talking to you, I listened to what you said. I'm like, that was part of me, right? It's like, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize that till later on in my life that that's why it's like a lot of times I, those relationships weren't really deeper ones the way they should have because I just didn't have that foundation. And like, this is a, this is, this is a thing. My backstory is I had big trust issues. <laughs> oh, understandably so though. Yeah. I'm being real, right? It was the, yeah. the backstory is I had a lot of trust issues. So in that it's like, but by God's grace, I've been married to my wife. We just had our anniversary yesterday, 24 years. Aww. We have two beautiful kids. We have a grandson and it's just, it's amazing stuff. So that's a little bit about my backstory. But I, I, I say that because people see us now mm-hmm. and they think like, man, Daniel Gomez inspires. Kimmy has it easy. But let me tell you, I've cried a lot to myself. And and there was a part of me that I love what you said when you were reading the introduction to the theme is as I started elevating in success, I started self-sabotaging for the very reason of what you said. I felt unworthy and I felt undeserving. And that's my backstory and I'm sticking to it. (laughs) That is quite a backstory. Thank you for sharing that. And I, there, there's just so many things that I want to dive into with that story, but I, I want to start with what was so interesting. And I think this is something that everybody kind of goes through. Like when you don't have the foundation, as you were talking about, you look outside yourself to get the validation. Right. And so it could be, it could be money. It could be like, if you're a woman, men, if you're a man, women, like other things to fill you up because inside it hasn't been built up yet, or you're feeling empty and there's a void of some sort. So how love gets translated is what people give to you and also like what you can do for others, right? Like it, it, it's all kind of like functional kind of thing. And it isn't until you kind of do that work and you build that foundation 
is when you start attracting something different. And I just wonder, because you had a lot of dips and turns and, oh my gosh, upside downs in your story. How, how did you overcome some of that? Because that's not easy to do. And I think people listening, they hear stories like that and they're like, well, if he can do it, I can do it. But how did he do it? I will say the real, when my eyes really opened up, the realization came to me was when I was a senior in high school and I tried to commit myself. I tried to commit suicide. I tried to Mm -hmm. shot myself. I wasn't stoned. I wasn't anything, but I just, I think internally, maybe my soul was just tired of just life. You know, I had a decent job part-time, like I said, and, and as I was going into this, senior year and as we were there time went by and I just really I wondered why I lived because from the point that I shot myself Kimmy to the point that I got to the hospital it was four years it was four hours it was four hours so what are the odds of somebody living being shot then four hours later and then I then I was NPO in the hospital for three months and then me being hard-headed being 17 years old I was thirsty one day and I went in I drank water when I wasn't supposed to and then I Gave myself more time in the hospital because when you're NPO, it means you can't eat or drink anything. But I, I think when I got out of, out of the hospital and I went home my senior year, I really looked in the mirror and then I was even more unhappy with myself because I have a big scar from the top of my abdominal to the bottom of my abdominal. And since it was a gunshot when it had to heal from the outside in, from the inside out, it was just kind of like it didn't, it didn't heal clean to say. So then I have this scar now in front of me and I think just really wondering why I lived. And I never really knew why I, I made it through that time, but I knew that there was a purpose for my life. I just didn't understand what it was. And I think for me was, was when I got my first job as a horticulturist, like I was saying, I learned how to do sales. The owner's name was Karen. And I would, she would pick on me. I would pick on her. I'm like, I go, she, could my name back in the day was Danny, right? Danny Gomez was my name. And she goes, okay, Daniel, go do this. And I'm like, Karen, my name is Danny Gomez, not Daniel. And she's like, okay, 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 Daniel, right? But I, everybody called me Danny, right? Like Danny Zuko from Greece. Everyone knows Danny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but I think it was just my old identity passing away and my new identity coming to life as far as Daniel Gomez goes. Mm-hmm. So I finally got to the point, I, I, I remember I told my, 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 my wife now, my, she was my girlfriend, she just drives me crazy, right? She calls me Danny, Daniel, and I, I'm, I'm not a Daniel. But I think as, as my identity started shifting and she started calling me Daniel, and I put myself in an environment. God placed me at this job where, right, I was this rock and roller in school, wore black T-shirts and jeans, and now I'm wearing, dressing up khaki shorts with a uniform. I started embracing it. And next thing you know, Daniel Gomez was born. And I think that mm-hmm. really seeing that they were doing it to help better me, because I, I think mm-hmm. the environment that I grew up in, not that they didn't want me to be better, but they didn't really, it was our standards of living were less. And at this work environment, it was a higher standards of living and communication. And I think that's where the true transformation came in, where I'm like, it's okay to be in this new place. And I think many people, we would have rubber band back and maybe go work in construction or go work outside because it's just the environment that we're comfortable with. Yeah, that's really powerful. And I think it does take a village, right? It takes people in your, our lives. And I know on, on your show, I was talking about my angel who is the personal shopper. And I talk about that a lot there, but, but you need to be in a place to actually receive it. 
Right. And, and I think it sounds like from what you went through, all the horrific kind of events that took place, you were ready to hear something different from other people and you allow, allowed that to shape your life in a different way. And that's, that's amazing. I'm curious, like at what point in that journey though, then did you, did you attract your wife early on or did you date or like, how did, how did that all come about with just how you were finding yourself? Well, I, I think at that point I was already working at Planet Interscapes about a year. I was about a year into it, a year uh-huh. and a half. So the new Daniel was was taking place, right? The new Daniel was already coming about. And, and you know, I, I was one of the first ones to have a, a new truck in our family, right? We pretty much a lot of our, you know, it's it's a joke that we that we would say, you know, in, in our neighborhood on Saturday and Sundays, you just see the hoods open because everybody's working on their cars, right? That was kind of <laughs> a joke. You know, it's the weekend. But it, it was, it was something that, that as I was progressing, it was like, wow, like it was just there. So when I met my wife, I was in that transition already. Mm. I think just meeting her, I really had to realize that like, you know, it's when you meet somebody you're in love and you're creative. And then all of a sudden the old Danny Gomez wants to come back and you don't feel that you're worthy and deserving, but you don't see it. But then you start to start sabotaging yourself. And, you know, we broke up two or three times along the way before we really got together again. Oh, you did? Oh, yes, yes. Because yeah. she was she was going to UTSA here in San Antonio and then school was over. So she went back home to work at a grocery store in her town of Del Rio at HEB. It's now all over Texas. But she went home and I just remember just not being happy. And I told her, look, if this is going to work. Like, I'm not going to give you an ultimatum, but you got to be back in San Antonio because this long distance relationship is not going to work. And I, I love you enough to really try to make this work. And little behold, she came back, me not knowing really how strict her parents were. She came back and moved to San Antonio and we just stuck it out. And, you know, we ended up having our first daughter here. Our daughter's 26 years old. And like they say in show business, the rest is history. But Mm. we've grown up a lot together because we had a lot of a lot of belief systems that weren't serving us that just really were as we were growing together. We did grow, you know, slowly but surely. But I think just really for me as I was treating her, right? Because a lot of Hispanics, Mexican men, and I won't say all of them because then I'll be stereotyping us, but I'm Hispanic, so I can say this. We're grown up to believe that we're machismo, right? We're the leader oh, of the yeah. home. What I say goes, and that's what I grew up in, right? Coming back to what we were talking about in our in our school, so in, our, in, my, in my youth. So I would, that's the kind of demeanor I would bring home. Like, this is my home. We're going to go by my rules. So I never gave my wife a voice. And I think as we got older and now, it's like that shame and guilt setting. And then that really that unworthiness and deservingness went to another level, but you just don't realize it's there until you really go into yourself and find that self-awareness like, man, what's wrong with me? (laughs) Oh my God. That's awesome that you were able to do that together. You know, I think for some couples that works when you grow together and you, you kind of build the foundation of both yourself and you two together, like in the couplehood. And that's so unique and, and beautiful that you were able to do that. Um, well, and then I just wondered with all the kind of like personal story and journey that you had with it, how do you then inspire other people? Like, do you use a lot of like what you went through to, to help others with their self-worth? Yeah, because we don't realize everything that we go through is for a purpose. My mom died when I was 10 years old. The next thing you know, my dad was, I was 26 when my dad passed away. I had already been married with my wife. And and it's like, I remember my wife saying this one time. She was working at the time at Home Depot. And 
this lady was in the break room and she was just in a bad mood, right? Like just yelling. And my wife's like, what's wrong? Like, you need somebody to talk to? And the lady just lashed out and said, well, you'll never understand. And she's like, well, what's, what are you talking about? And it turned out that what that lady was going through was exactly what we went through with my father, right? Because my father was mm -hmm. diagnosed with stage four cancer. They gave him a month to live by God's grace. He lived by another year, but he, we took care of him. He lived with us and it was hard, right? We were 26 years old, my father living with us. So with what that lady said, and so many times in life, we don't understand why we go through these things. And we try to, this is a mistake that we make. I want your, I want your listeners to listen to this. We mm -hmm. try to understand everything. Everything's not meant to be understood. Again. Everything is not meant to be understood. At that moment, you're going through it for a reason. You need to ask yourself, what's the lesson that you're trying to teach me right now, right? What's the lesson trying to be taught to me by the world, by God? What are you trying to teach me right now? And when you take that approach, then you realize as time goes on, like, oh, I understand now. And now what I'm, that I'm doing my, my executive coaching and my business coaching, as I'm dealing, dealing with grown men most of the time, but there are some women there, but these men carry this shame and guilt that they've never dealt with because it's been suppressed, not for just days and weeks, years, for decades. Because some of these men are 40, 50, 60 years old and they haven't unloaded all these emotions. And it's, it's like anything else. You can only put so much trash in a trash compactor, Kimmy. Sooner or later, all that trash has to come out. And how does it come out in our, in our health? We have diabetes, we have anger, depression, mm -hmm. arthritis, and all these things. And I saw my, I say this because my heart, I'm passionate about this because I saw my brother kill himself because he carried so much resentment and anger. He never released it. And he died at a young age of 47 years old. Mm. Wow. It's just so powerful. Everything that you're sharing. And you know, the, the thing that you said about life's lessons, it's so important, you know, because a lot of people listening are, are dating, right? And like this even plays out in the way people date, because I think everyone gets so bogged down with like, well, what's the purpose if, if this doesn't work out, like, you know, and they're checking off their list and checking it twice, seeing who's naughty or nice, you know, like, and they're losing the presence of the connection and what lesson they can take from that. So I tell people actually a lot, I'm like, wait a second, instead of worrying about this, if this is your boyfriend or girlfriend, what if you just really looked at that person and saying, what do I want to know? What did I learn today? You know? And, and, and I think it's such a better way of living too, because to your point, like people who don't, then there's all this like angst and regret and, you know, oh, that relationship didn't work out. I'm doomed. You know, well, no, every relationship you learn something, right? What did you learn from that? And it does help us grow. So I, I, I love that. So you then kind of took everything as kind of, uh, kind of a lesson. Right. And when you work with other people, like, is that what you help people with, you know, cause say somebody comes to you and they're not feeling, you know, worthy or confident to really like shine their light, right. As an entrepreneur or speaker. Yeah, I want to, I want to answer that question, but I want to piggyback on what you just said. Yeah. We need to learn how to see the best in each other. Mm -hmm. we need to learn how to see the best in everything. If, if we approach or that person we're dating, if we approach our children, if we approach our wife, our husband, our boyfriend, our girlfriend, our boss, and we see and human nature is we gravitate towards the negative. That's just the way we're wired because we have over 70,000 negative thoughts in a day. So we don't focus on the good in intentionally. 
you have to be intentional, Kimmy, on focusing on the good on everybody. It's easy to wake up and, and just focus on the bad, but you got to be intentional on focusing, right? And I, I want to give this advice to, to, to your audiences. What's one thing I can focus that's great about my partner? What's the one great thing I can focus that's great about my husband, about my wife, about my son, about my daughter? And the thing is that every one of us, when you realize that every one of us has a unique DNA, the same way your hair is, is blonde and you're lighter complected and I'm darker Hispanic, that's part of our DNA. Well, we each have a DNA personality. And when you realize that not everybody's going to like chocolate ice cream, some are going to like vanilla, it's okay. And when you learn not to take it personal in relationships, yeah. right? When you don't take it personal, it helps you to see the best in them. Because everybody has something that they bring to the table. Everybody's unique. That's why there's four dominant personalities. But if you just, if you only see things from your perspective, right? If yeah. you only see, I, I, I do this in my corporate training. Right now you're wearing a beautiful red dress, but if I put this on, all of a sudden it's yellow. Yes. What happened? Well, my perspective shifted. Yeah. And you have to stop seeing things just from your own perspective in your relationships and you have to take off your own lens, take off your own yellow shades and start seeing it from your wife's, from your husband's perspective, from their point of view. And I guarantee you that's going to help to elevate and just have a blessed and amazing relationship. Oh, bam. See, I wish I had that sound machine that you do. <laughs> Come on. It was a golden chair. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's just. Uh, it's, it's so true. By the way, how did I look in yellow orange? <laughs> you look amazing. I tell you what, you're already sunny. It's usually not my color. I got to tell you. Uh, yeah. And you don't. Well, what you don't know, I'm just, I got chills because you, what you don't know is that I talk to my people all the time about the matrix and how we, it's all about perspective, right? And that sometimes like in the matrix, right? He's, he's in the same, he's in an alternate world, but he's grounded in, in the real world, but he's seeing something completely different. And I believe dating is the same way, you know, and it's just putting on a different pair of glasses, goggles, whatever have you. And it, it's your perspective. It's your approach. And, and you will see something different, but you gotta start with you. And it goes back to that self-deserving thing because you'll keep looking outside of yourself and blaming everything else. And, and like what you said, focus on the negative when you're not like seeing the beauty within and really seeing everything as positive. Like it is a mindset thing, I think is what you're saying too. It's, it's just, it's so important. Yeah, well, you have to change those thought patterns as, as we're getting older and we're growing. And, and to answer your question, when, when my clients come to me, they don't realize it. They, you can have, I've, I've seen it where you have presidents of, of organizations and, and CEOs, and, but they're so insecure. Yeah. They have the, tom, the, 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 the prominent title, but they, there's so many behind the, behind the scenes. There's many, I don't want to say most, but there's many leaders that have a scarcity mindset. And what do I mean by that? Those that lead with, uh, with um, micromanaging or questioning everything, there's some insecurity there somewhere along the way. And that's one thing that we coach on, right? Or just really believing that they're worthy and deserving. And you think about it, many, many high-level executives and business owners, they, you know, they turn to alcoholism. Why? Which becomes a habit after a while, but then they're trying to cope with some issues that Hey, what, what are you not dealing with that's inside? 
And so many times it may be that somebody had an affair or somebody lost a child. And it's been said that, you know, um, when a child is lost, of course, for, to, a, to a couple, usually the marriage doesn't make it. So there's so many things that come up that people don't talk about. And, and then you, you don't, one thing that they don't do is you don't, they don't have anybody to talk to that they trust. So just having a conversation, it's so healing to the soul, to the heart. And I think a lot of times when they, when you see them, right, they look like all these tough bravado guys and they are and women, but it's like underneath that they just want to be heard sometimes like from a different perspective and just let out all that because let's, let's face it. Everybody knows that somebody's thinking something, right? It's, it's, it's written on their face, but for some reason, many times my clients don't think that people notice that and, and, and they do. And it's, it's everybody. It doesn't matter if you're that high level CEO or if you're just a business owner that has 10 or less employees that's doing really phenomenal, but they can see when you're stressed out, they can see that, that, that Trump card you're playing when it's like things ain't going right. You're trying to have this facade. Oh, everything's good. They know it's not, but we think we have to be perfect. And there's no such thing as perfection, like you said. No, there isn't. And, and that's really important when you're dating too, because if you're not showing up as your authentic self and you're what I call shape-shifting into what you think others want of you, then you're not going to attract an authentic connection either, you know? And that's where like you see these lopsided relationships. So that, that's just so important. Yeah, people don't realize how things ooze from them. You know, and it could be the body language. It could be just even their messaging, you know, and the way they're communicating. How would people, and I know I do work, but I'm curious your thoughts about people combating those negative, you know, emotions they might have or thoughts, patterns that they exude. Well, I, so many times it's, it's pretty simple. I, I did this corporate training and it was amazing. And, and I say this because to me, uh, men are usually the ones that, that kind of hold back, but I would say the room was probably 80% women. Ah. So there was about a hundred, a hundred people in the, in the, in this training and 80 of them were, 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 were women. And I do this exercise where we talk about compliments. So we do a little bit of role playing and we have fun. We're silly. And then like, okay, great. I'm like, awesome. Get your partner. All right. You know, we're dancing, having fun, playing YMCA. I'm like, okay, now I want you to take a moment, take a deep breath, give your partner a compliment and you know many people started crying women oh. and because many people in their heart of hearts when you're put in that moment when you're actually open your heart to really receive it or you your heart's not open to receive it many many there was men there but many women cry because they've never received a compliment and it goes back mm -hmm. because they don't feel that they're worthy that are deserving and many times it's because they're talked down to or they're just whatever reason it may be, they don't feel like they're good enough. And I'm there and I'm like, okay. So I let, I let, I let it go out. I come back. I say, why didn't you receive that compliment? And many women don't know, right? Because they're not cognitive. They're not conscious of it. And men. And they just, I don't know. Like it just, it was hard. It was hard. And they're in tears. So I say that because what happens Think about this, and, and we hear it all the time, but we just think it's normal conversation, and it's not. If someone's doing a great job at work, right? A good example, we'll just say that, that we're in a corporate setting. We have a secretary, and, and somebody says, oh, man, Kimmy, oh, you, you're, you're doing an amazing job. Like, ah, oh, no bother. It's part of my job. It's part of my duties. What oh, just yeah. happened there? 
You deflected it. You deflected yeah. it. Mm-hmm. You deflected it. Yeah. Instead of receiving, you deflect that compliment. You deflect that that recognition. And it's the thing that we've never been taught, right? Because as kids, we weren't taught to accept that. We were taught to, right? Shut up. Don't be bragging, right? Don't, don't outshine your brother or sister in, in sports or, you know, don't, tell, don't, don't be bringing attention to yourself. So we're not used to that. So we're conditioned that way with those thought patterns. And now we're in the, this real adult world where people are trying to give you compliments and it goes back. We wonder why maybe we don't get that high performance or that thing because we don't receive that recognition. We don't receive that appreciation. And I think that that's one thing that I really see is, is, is when you don't feel worthy and deserving, you can notice a person at some level, at some capacity, that they feel that they can't feel a compliment or be appreciated. They, they, they deflect it. Does that make sense? Oh, my God. I do work on that all the time, too, with the dating, too, because it's just not sexy either. I mean, there's nothing worse than, like, somebody giving a, a partner or a date a compliment, and then that person's, oh, you're just saying that, oh, uh, oh, these old things, or, you know, whatever it is. It makes, actually, the receiver feel bad, and that's what I tell people. It's like, you don't even understand, like, how that feels when someone's trying to compliment you, and you're punting it like a football, I said, receive yes. it. Take that's a, that, that's it a, <laughs> football, <laughs> punt it. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, but it's, it, it's true. Like by just looking in someone's eyes and saying, thank you. God, that just, that's just, it warms the other person's heart. That person finds it attractive and you're going to be seen as more confident because it does tie into that self-worth, as you said. So yeah, can no, I, I love honest, that you do that. Can yeah. I be honest with you right now? I'm going to be real right. Cause I, I'm, I come as me. I don't care. What I love are. it. Authentic and all. There's many times recently, and I'll say recently as this past year that my wife will say, honey, you're doing a great job. I'm like, okay. And you're doing amazing. Okay. But I just don't see it. I don't receive it. And not that I don't want to receive it. I, it, my problem was, well, you're supposed to say that you're my wife, right? Like that's, that's, that's your job to say that yeah. great job. And I heard something and it's, it hit me in the head, it hit me in the face. I was like, wow. I was like, I had to apologize to my wife because she really meant what she said. But I wasn't receiving the compliment because in my, right, from my perspective, I was just like, well, you're supposed to say that I'm your husband. What are you supposed to say? I'm doing a shitty job as a podcaster, as a business owner. But we were coming back and this just happened. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this. It just happened yeah. this past week. We were coming and she just said, you know, honey, you're doing amazing. Like, think about what you're doing. You're publishing books. You're launching podcasts. You're helping other people because this lady came to me and she's like, we went to this fundraiser because we have a nonprofit. She's like, oh, Daniel, you're here. And I'm like, like I, she caught me off guard. I'll be honest with you. She goes, man, I'm so happy to see you. And my life's never been the same since I went to your event. And I was like, wow, like, okay. Like, like she really like, okay. But then we were coming back and my wife goes, honey, you don't realize how many people you impact. Like you're doing phenomenal. But I really allowed myself to receive at that deeper level. I didn't block her from not, like, right, for not having the satisfaction of saying, man, like, Daniel believes me now. I said, you know what? I apologized to her. I said, I'm sorry for not believing you when you said I'm a real job. Because in my mind, I was thinking, you're supposed to say that. But she meant it. 
How many times do we do that? Because right? yeah. I mean, you know, you're an entrepreneur, me too. Some days we're doing great. We're on cloud nine and we sell 20 books and we're like, yeah, right. We get all these engagements and then there's that two days, maybe that the phone doesn't ring or you're just, it's a, it's a quiet time. And then you get frustrated because the phone's like, it just, you know, you, you can't, you can't give away anything to say it just happens. It's part of business. But I've learned when she tells me those things now, recently, I mean, I'm talking about yeah. like 2021, like real talk, yeah. right? It's, but this is a thing though. It's, 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 it's learning to receive at a higher level. And you know what that's connected to Daniel? And it goes right back to what we were talking about in the beginning of the show is the trust, right? Like when you don't trust really, like you're not trusting yourself because it wasn't trusting environment that you grew up in. And like, wow, think about that. Like you're trusting that your wife really feels that. And so you're able to receive it. And that's, that's also part of building the trust within. So that is, that's just so beautiful and powerful. And I think, and I, and I think it's really, I want your audience to hear this is, is you need to learn how not just to receive a compliment, but just receive in general. Oh yeah. At a higher level. And what do I mean by that? Uh, last year, 2020 was here. We had our house paid off, Kim. And our house was paid off, Kimmy. Everything was paid off. And God says, sell your house. My wife thought I was crazy. She goes, you better go back and pray again. <laughs> I said, no. <laughs> like, God wants us to sell our house. Like, so I'm like, well, God says, just start the process. So we started our house. So the house that we have now, you know, we have the jacuzzi, the pool, the horseshoe driveway, the water fountain. But it's a higher level of living. And I had to step out in faith and take that step knowing that our house was paid off that that was my security to say I lost my security and we moved in here but then as I was here I started breaking wine glasses because I was frustrated for some rain strange reason and I was like well what the heck's going on with I I caught it I knew it I just right, didn't know what right. it was like I couldn't I couldn't I knew there was something wrong with me so for six weeks I had to work on deserve being on feeling deserved that I was deserving of this nice house that I was deserving of everything that I've worked my tail off for. And so many people, we block ourselves. Somebody listening to this episode, you're blocking yourself from receiving at a higher level. And at that same higher level is that same higher level relationship that you deserve, that a man's going to open the door for you, tell you he loves you and mean it. Or if you're a man, it's a woman that doesn't have to question who you're texting. She just says, great. Tell him I said, hi. And she's not being sarcastic. She's saying it because she truly trusts you. And those higher level of relationships require a higher level of living where true happiness and true love is found. Okay, where's the sound effect? That again. <laughs> Just give up. That was a good one. That's a Kimmy and Daniel uh, team up. <laughs> well, because I was going to ask for your parting words of wisdom, but I don't know. Like, that was pretty... That was right there. I, I, that was awesome. Yeah. Well, because I think all the things we're talking about, just to, to sum up, because I know we're towards the end, is, you know, this self-worthiness is kind of the big title, right? But what we kind of peeled away with all the layers is that there's so much more to this with trust and 
and receiving and compliments and, you know, really, again, it's that foundation within because everything then trickles down from there, you know, and, and it's, it's constant too. Like, I love that you share that you're still growing and learning. We all are. I am, you know, like it's, we're human and it's, we're not, you know, just let go of being that perfect person or being something that you're not, because that's not going to serve you. Like you're only going to be served when you truly are present and with yourself and, and happy with that. Yeah. So I want to, I'll, I'll give your, I'll give your audience an analogy that way they can picture this. Tell me two highways, one that's busy and one that's not so busy in the LA area. Okay. 405, very busy. Okay. And one that's not so busy. Mm, I can't name any. No, um, yeah, I mean, it depends on the hour, to be honest. I mean, sometimes it don't matter. Pacific Coast the- Highway can be okay. Can okay, be so, we'll, so we'll just imagine. Okay. Right now, somebody's living life on Pacific Coast Highway. It's a low yeah. frequency, low traffic. That's where you're living life. And you're not going to get the same traffic. No matter how busy it gets, mm-hmm. you're not going to get the traffic as 405, ladies and gentlemen. And I say that because the traffic, right, at that higher level of frequency, that higher level of traffic, that relationship that you want, you're stuck on Pacific Highway. You got to get off traveling Pacific Highway because the relationship you want is not there anymore. You belong on 405 where that next level of living's at. And until you switch highways mm-hmm. and raise your frequency and really believe that you're deserving and worthy of that, of more, you have to get off the road that you've been traveling on as a storyline and picture yourself on a higher frequency highway to where everything you want is there. Because no matter how much work you do at this lower frequency, a Pacific highway, you're never going to find that person you deserve. You're never going to find that life you deserve. You're never, never going to be as successful you deserve because the frequency highway that you need is you need to be on 405 because that's where all the action is. That's where the higher level of living is to say. And that's what I would say to them. I love that. Daniel, where can everyone find you? Well, they can find me on my, uh, our website is danielgomezglobal.com. That's danielgomezglobal.com. And they can leave us a message there. We'll have actually a free assessment for entrepreneurs. If they want a free assessment, we give it to them at no additional value, no cost, no investment. And then they can text the word confident to 26786. That's confident with a T to 26786. And they'll get my free training, Seven Steps to Fly Daily. And our brand, as you can see behind me, is Daniel Gomez Inspires. We're on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and also on Pinterest. We have a big following on Pinterest. So definitely, (laughs) I believe in (laughs) them boards. I believe in them boards, baby. Oh, I love it. everyone needs to go check this guy out. You are such a light. Um, I adore you. Thank you so much for this powerful conversation. Yeah, and then they can get my book on Amazon. You were born to fly. Yeah. It's really a book on just the one thing I want. There's a uh, me and you. We share the same confident chapter right. one is confident. But I think what I really want your audience to start seeing is right. The, there's a book on forgiveness, right? Live to forgive oh, is what it's called in the chapter. Right. And when you really learn to forgive then that's the higher level of deservedness and worthiness sits in when you forgive yourself. So thank you so much for having me. I'll tell you what, I had an amazing, amazing time. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we'll put that book in the show notes too, because that sounds like an amazing book. Thank you so much, Kimmy. I was, I loved our time together. Me too. 
And for those of you listening, thanks for joining today. This has been the Charisma Quotient, and I'm your host, of course, Kimmy Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know more, go to my site, KimmySeltzer.com. And if you think your low self-worth is impacting your ability to find a healthy love, just hop on a call with me. We'll map out a strategy, and I would love to help you. And remember, working on you is working on your dating life. That's all for now.